January 19, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
show actually we're recording this in December but you're hearing it now <laughs> uh, we started with John Coltrane when I was playing with Thelonious Monk with Baya live 
think uh, Carnegie Hall. And then uh, the GO team, Tangerine, Satsuma, Clementine. Uh, appropriate because my guest via the wonderful engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. Mr. Gates owns it now, though. Uh, in part of the GO team. Uh, thanks for having uh, coming aboard and uh, being on the show and talking about your new stuff. It's been a while, hasn't it? Do you mean, yeah. Clementine, yeah. do you do you guys uh, call tangerines that? In Italy, they do. Clementina, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never quite known what, so you have different names for those things, don't you? Tangerines, Satsuma Clementines. Yeah. Clementine. So what's what's what? I've never quite worked out which one's which. So um, over here, Clementine's a name and a silly oh. old-fashioned song. Yeah. Right. You've known that, so, but Clementina, yeah. yeah, Italy tangerines. They're yeah. smaller and they're sweeter and they got looser skin than an orange. But I think they're all from China originally, anyway. Okay. Uh, but but is that what you were? Because oh, oh, Tangerine's in the title, too. Yeah, I don't, lots of my titles don't bear any resemblance to anything, yeah. to be honest. I have um, I have these notebooks that date back to the 90s, and I, every time I come up with a little slogan, um, I stick it in my notebook. So the, the, actual, the band name, the Go Team, was, was actually dug out from a notebook from about 94 or something like that. So often, whenever I need lyrics or something or little ideas, I go raid these uh, notepad notebooks from way back when, you know. Yeah. Well, oh, slogan. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> fact, I even I, I've even <laughs> so I've I've even named a song after a, a what slogan? Believe it or not, there's a, a song slogan. which I write make... slogans. I guess. <laughs> well, your slogan, slogan is very slogan. earnest. I remember Dee Boone yeah. called uh, song lyrics "thinking out loud." Okay, <laughs> so you're more seri more yeah. serious than well, whatever you want to call it. You know, kind of uh, <laughs> phrases or whatever. But there's a song on which didn't make it onto the album called "The Only Thing New Is You Finding Out About oh, It," I... which is that's that's a you thing, isn't it? That's a that's yeah. A but I heard that from somebody else's slogan. I think. Were, okay. Yeah, there was this band in the city, San Francisco. Right. Called Black Humor, and okay. this is even before the '90s. And uh, they would, <laughs> I guess, go to thrift stores, and uh, or uh, used record stores, and buy used records, and just, uh, you know, make them theirs. They'd start painting all over them, <laughs> like, you okay, know, the yeah. name of their band. <laughs> yeah, I think mine was an Aretha Franklin record. It's, yeah, they would like repurpose. <laughs> the album covers for their band, and they were called Black Humor. Not, there was a yeah. song on there. I, I can't remember what it was called, but it was really bizarre, screaming and hollering. And this one lady kept, uh, she's like yelling at punk rockers, uh, hippies in black leather jackets, hippies, black over and over again. And this other guy's, or maybe it's her. She's taking in between. She's ranting and. and She's talking about somebody just buying Dead Kennedy record and getting the haircut and, you know, joining the trend or something. And mm -hmm. then we got this stuff you put in your hair called Dippity Doo. 
some kind of gel, you know, in the, maybe the old days. And they to get the Sid Vicious uh, look, you know. Yeah. So she yeah. goes, dippity do. the only thing new is you finding out about it. Hippies! So, oh, wow. yeah. So, so that's I, I kind of appropriated. I did, did like they, what they did with Aretha Franklin. <laughs> they were called yeah. Black Humor. I think they only made one album. I don't even know if they did gigs or whatever. You know, in those yeah. days where you didn't know the about the band, so you would just get it for the cover or or the name of the band. You wouldn't know anything about it. How, how yeah. long ago, when was the last one come out? Two years ago. So yeah, that would have been well, no, the, three years, twenty three years. Okay. Wow, so, so big normal, stretch. Normally, there's a four-year gap between Gaiting records, but this one, there's been three years for some reason. Oh, this is actually a shorter gap. Yeah. Okay. okay. But a lot happened in, in that gap. Yeah, I mean, you know, the old lineup, because, um, so, I mean, before the scene between, there was a natural kind of break in the band where... Um, uh, people, that's some, the last record. Yeah, yeah, before the last record. So after Rolling Blackouts and before the scene between, right? It, it, we kind of stopped operating as a band, things like that. It got pretty messy, you know. We couldn't really operate as a band, so it was a nice chance to kind of shrink back to me. And yeah, I mean, that's how it started anyway. It was really me, right? Just kind I was going to say, writing. when you made your first record, you're on yeah. the whole thing. And yeah, from what I understand, I mean, when you were on, I've, you got some gig offers. And so you had to put together a band. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to put a band together. There was never an option of me doing it, you know, with a laptop or any of that bullshit. <laughs> that would have been atrocious. Who's so, the, there's this band, though, that does that. Pretty kind of even... What, what are they? The uh, Sleaford, Sleaford Mods? Oh, yeah. Nottingham or something? And the guy literally hits a space bar. Yeah, know? well, yeah. <laughs> Just nods, yeah. But even nods. even even uh, that being kind of the what he's playing, it's just usually a drum machine in a yeah. synth or a bass. But uh, it, it suits them though because they're really aggro. Do you know what I mean? They're just fucking just nodding and just like you know spitting, shouting over the top of it. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. Probably it'd probably be too much competition if you had more going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. It suits them, like you said. Yeah, yeah but I know what you mean. Uh, I've seen some other laptop. Well, I only saw videos of those guys, but the guys who sit, the, the worst ones where they sit in the chair. Oh, no. <laughs> see, see, for, me, for me, laptops uh, should never be on a stage, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's a bad look, you know. It's just it should be a zero tolerance, do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But, so you no, put I, together I, a new I, band. For uh, this new one, yeah. Um, but did you do it before you wrote the, uh, the songs for this album or after? Well, no, so we, yeah, I, I did the scene between, then I, we didn't really tour it for a while, and I got a band together then, and then we toured it. Yeah. Um, and lots of the band are kind of carried over to this new record as well. Okay, but, so, um, so you did has, write uh, the songs with them in mind? No, exactly, I never really ever write songs with the live thing in mind, it's more just being a kind of a guided by what the song needs really, you know, and, and it varies from, the vocals are the big thing for me, you know, I... I don't know if you know, but I did lots of the vocals uh, for this one with a um, like a teenage choir in, D in Detroit. 
So I flew over especially to Detroit and did some recording with them, and that's made it a lot to the, onto the record. But I'm always kind of rack, racking my brain of what, what each song needs. You know, it could be one song needs some kind of uh, almost like Japanese kind of voice or one needs like French voice or a choir or something quite bratty and kind of girl groupy sort of Phil Spectory or, you know, it needs like an old school rap on it or, you know, so I really just write the songs and then just, just try and make it happen somehow. And I, I sort of scour the world for that the right voice, you know. Well, when you started, you used a lot of samples. Are you still doing yeah. that? Uh, yeah, a fair bit. Um, there's there's one song on the record called All The Way Live, which features um, like a high school, almost like an after school uh, hip hop club from the 80s where, you know, like a teacher decided they were going to make a record with the kids, you know, so I, I sampled that pretty heavily. But um, yeah, lots. Of, I, I'm, it's, a, it's always a hybrid, you know, and I kind of like the idea that you can't really tell what's what. Um, I've, I've been using the, the, the samples in a kind of almost like a chordy kind of a way. So I'll write a song and then often I will chop up samples to make the chords I need. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's less of that kind of Kanye West getting a good sample and looping it and sticking a rap on it. Bullshit, which I've got no interest in. You know, it's, it's much more about turning the song the the, the uh, samples into chords almost and, and I actually sometimes I actually map out I've got this kind of Pro Tools document where I've mapped out all of my samples into different chords <laughs> so you can pinch and, them you mean y- yes well um, or do you take a, the, their natural yeah so I keep them as they are and yeah. I, so I'll have every G chord of, of in that of all my samples in G or something sure except sure. For, because I don't even know the names of notes. I've just called them one, two, three, four. <laughs> I still don't know any chord names. But, um, you just but yeah. let your, you let your ear tell you what sounds. Yeah, so I have all my best stuff. So basically all, every song is like my best shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know. good. You wouldn't want to like, really right. give everybody your worst. Yeah. But it's interesting, the process... How do they start? As uh, they ever live as a demo? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it, like I say, it's normally every song starts with one good idea, you know, and a, a keeper, and it, and it kind of grows outwards. So sometimes, and and my my phone is a big part of it. You know, I, I'm constantly singing this my phone, and and then rack, and then listening back, getting the the best bits. So it's like a almost like a filtration thing, right? Kind like of scratch pad. Yeah, to the down to the to the good one. So and yeah, um, each one has a different story around it. You know, one idea could be from yesterday. One could be from seven years ago. You know. Well, yeah, uh, you said those books well, are from the nineties. Well, you know, some some stuff is old. Yeah, or just waiting to find the, the thing that goes with it. And I'm I'm a, I'm a big my big thing is about the differences between things, you know, putting things next to each other, which wouldn't normally, is that's kind of my thing. And I've kind of revisited that idea more so on this record than the last one, you know? Okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask, what, what's the difference? So in a way, you, you, you fold it back on. And uh, this juxtaposing things that, yeah, aren't so, uh, people are used to certain ways. And I've always liked that about your songwriting. You can put things yeah. together that 
keep people awake, you know, because I think you're getting cruise control. Things have been so uh, big part of form, you know, and are you, are you yeah. listening anymore? Uh, particularly, so, particularly across, across albums, that's my big thing as well, is, is putting wildly different kinds of songs next to each other as well, sort of shrinking in size. So one's like a little, almost like, you know, there's little sort of Velvet Underground, Motuckery kind of small songs, which just feel like they've just been chucked onto a four track and then you have some big brass band, you know, layered, layered brass band kind of thing next to each other. So playing with size next to each other and, you know, I've always thought... You mean between the songs, yeah. Yeah, across the album. An unusual band in that I've kind of, you know, I come from a noise background in, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a sonic youth shellac kind of, kind of kid originally, but at the same time, I've always liked, you know, um, the Jackson five and girl groups and Charlie Brown and stuff like that. So I've had this sort of tension between cuteness, you know, Charlie Brown, though, the cartoon. Yeah. Oh. Like the music from that, you know, um, oh, yeah. What's that? Um, so, Schroeder. Yeah. All of that, yeah. Right, right. I'm, I'm always sort of juggling the two things, you know, distortion versus bubblegum, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, actually, Ramones way more bubblegum than blues, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. This idea of the bridge, you know? Uh, when you, when you, when you, when you Okay, so uh, you left the country to get the kids in Detroit's voices. Was the rest of it done there in Brighton? Yeah, most of it, yeah. So the drums was done with Simone, who's our amazing new drummer. Um, we, we did some brass with the local um, troupe here called the Neon Saints, who laid down lots of brass, you know, the sousaphones and everything, basically. Trombone, saxophone, trumpets, layered on top of each other. Sousaphones uh, are tubas, people that the guys in bands can carry. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it. I, I, I wanted it to sound like almost like a, um, you know, like a gymnasium recording in a way. You know, the kind of almost like a community or a high school kind of band, that kind of roughness. Because one of my beefs with brass is um, how it's, it's often sort of tied up with sort of the world of session musicians. Do you know what I mean? It's very slick potentially. It's all a bit Phil Collins or, you know what I mean? It's, it, it can be really nasty in the wrong hands. You know what I mean? So I kind of like the side of brass, which is a bit rough, a bit out, out of tune, thrown together, almost like you're just getting a field recording. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The first, uh, Panther Burns album, <laughs> Tav Falco behind the Magnolia Curtain. As this right. kind of, this feat. Get the, I'm going to play this song here, Chico's Radical Decade. Which, I get, and it has nothing to do, the title has nothing to do with the tune. What's that, the title for that? Chico. That's that's another one of my one of my uh, little books. It was something out of a... Okay. Yeah. Chico. Often I'm just, yeah, just... It, if it feels right vaguely for the song, it, it, it's, it's, it's let's it, you listen, know. Let's listen.
with around 1% of the population currently taking to Telegram. Chances are someone listening to this or someone you know is taking to Telegram, but they will never tell you because for some reason in the United Kingdom, antidepressants are still a taboo subject. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you know someone's struggling or you're struggling yourself, talk to people about it. Because chances are you know somebody that can help you or you can help somebody else. If you don't feel comfortable talking about it, don't worry. But if we all start talking, maybe we can end the taboo and get somewhere.
it was blue. I didn't have to bake, I only had to kneel and swoon. Take a cane with grapes, you plucked them from Cheryl's vine. You wrapped them in some drapes, and then I noticed they were mine. Technological advances during our lifetimes have provided home refrigeration, washing machines and dishwashers, microwave ovens, television, mobile phones, and a number, number of advances in photography and sound recording. That's to mention just a few of the changes which have affected the way we live. And each of these would be judged as beneficial. But a number of people, for various reasons, have not embraced them all. Some advances are examples of human perversion. Nuclear power might be taken as an example. It was in 1936 that the nuclear reaction upon which it depends was first observed. Three years later, the Second World War commenced. Each side saw the possibility of developing an atomic weapon and were apprehensive that the other should succeed. Germany carried out extensive work but finally settled for ballistic missiles instead. America, on the other hand, persisted with the help of a number of German scientists who had fled Germany prior to the commencement of hostilities. The result, as we know, was the devastation of two Japanese cities. 
for a number of years following the end of the war, the research was for a much larger and more powerful whole. Development for peaceful purposes, almost a mere afterthought. Were it not for the military, how long might have it been taken for a nuclear power to have been developed for useful purposes? Likewise, the global positioning system, the GPS, we use in cars and other places, was developed for military purposes and developed and released uh, for general use only after a form, far more accurate form, had been developed for use by the military. And commercial interests also manipulate the release of products. Stocks of older products must often be sold before new ones are released. What is freely available in America or Japan is often only released here some time later. New products, for example iPhones and computer programs, are marketed in such a way as to cause hysterical behaviour. Advertising induces desire to have a product that is not really necessary or even appropriate just because it's new and different. with a computer, sometimes by pressing codes on the telephone keyboard, or other times having our conversation read by the computer. The bank would prefer us to use an ATM where there's a possibility that our details will be stolen by a skimmer rather than visit the bank. For those who use the internet, there's an increasing risk of being the victim of some very sophisticated foul play, which could cost them dearly. as somewhat illiterate if we do not lose the internet. In of Paul's words to the Corinthian Christians have to say on this topic. Could it be that Gareth in choosing this passage 
Well, for Pedro Show, brand new. Uh, go team. Chico's Radical Decade. Gar- uh, Gareth Sager with Black Crow in a Slow Snow. Uh, his new album. Guy by Voices. When we all hold hands at the end of the world. Sterile Jets. Go out and bleed. Fighting with lump. Pile so hard. The Breakfast Cowboy with the Belly Actor. Uh, David Gerard, a thing about machines. Concerto number two, part one from Ted Kane. Stay cozy, Maya and the Revolutionary. Hell yeah. And hate the go team, which I guess didn't come from the book. Nah, not in this one. <laughs> <laughs> one of the few literal titles, yeah. <laughs> Literally, little. So, um, about a. Uh, how long was was it a process to do this one? Well, obviously going to Detroit was, but besides that, do you know what? I really can't tell. It's just a blur. I, I do I do know that my 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 kicking off process is normally months of me just listening to records, right. you know, literally all day, and they could be generally old stuff, you know, sixty psych or Bollywood stuff or whatever, and I will. And, and, and the process of doing that almost like limbers up the brain. It's quite a weird thing. So, you know, if, if a little idea comes to you as you're, you know, if, if you hear a melody and occasionally you think you stop it, you pr- you stop it before the melody resolves and you, you do your version of it. Do you know what I mean? You think I would have done that at that point. And then it becomes your idea and you stick it on your phone and move on. Or, or occasionally I'll grab a sample, a little, little snippet and stick it in my, uh, you know, my greatest hits folder. So my days would go on like this until I'd, I'd assemble all these hundreds and thousands of ideas, you know. Um, it's a funny way of writing. But, I, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that, I don't know if you do this, where you can just sit in a room and just knock out songs. You know, I need something to to, to kick against, you know. I think... Um, yeah, I need titles. And, <laughs> yeah, is that how you start, is it? I always start with a title. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't have a title. I have nothing to focus on and- Sometimes yeah. they change it, but usually I just keep it. I because know I, hardly anybody I, I know does it that way. The titles, it's like bass, you know, it's the last thing you put on. <laughs> I guess that's the equivalent of having something to kick against, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You need something to... Well, I need it for focus. You, almost you like negative something space. Like, uh, you're talking about like something to get traction, like a uh, tire with the road, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I'm a melody man, you know. I kind of... It, I, I'm kind of looking for hooks, basically. You know, they're so elusive and so rare for me. You know that um, that that's what I that's my kind of currency. You know, that's the best I'm, ones are probably Econo. You know, it's just the right combination of notes or holes. Yeah, hooks. Yeah. You know, yeah. guys can just cook those up. I guess that band Steely Dan was kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, they would have guys just jam and stuff for hours, and then they'd listen. They'd sift through, and like, oh, there's a lick. Yeah, oh, there's a gem. Yeah, I was reading this. Somebody gave me a book about them, and I wasn't really big into that band. But, but a trippy way to this reminds me a little bit how you, uh, how you do yours, where you uh, you overload with a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, the good will rise to the top. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not a musically, I'm not, 
I can't shred, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> what not do you good. mean technique, like virtuoso? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I can't do any of that thing. The only thing I've got going for me really is that I can spot a a melody. I can spot a an idea, and I think, yeah, that's the one there. And also, I'm perseverance. So, yeah, I'm the one that's actually willing to sit there for weeks on end and. <laughs> I can do this stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. Uh, just January 19th, 2018, Dishwap Pedro Show special guest in part. Go to hold up for hold tight for hour two. January 19th, 2018, it's the second hour of the Wap for Pedro Show.
Thank <laughs> you. 
Even spies fall in love. Even spies fall in love.
Live from Pedro Show, we start the second hour off with If There's One Thing You Should Know from the Go Team. A soil omen with crown and the crown on the myth list. Uh, M.B. Jones, that demo of his um, Even Spies Fall in Love. Hidden Rifles with Paranoid Unsaid. I played bass on that project. I never played with the guys. I, you know, I've done these things where I just give my bass. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's one good thing about the new day, the bad new days. <laughs> you can do stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, then uh, she's got guns. The go team. She's got guts. You know what that means here, right? Does it mean it's it's not negative? She's got guns. <laughs> was that in the book of the old stuff? That's that's a ninja thing, actually. That's what she wrote. Ah, yeah, that. okay. That makes more sense. Uh, what's the last thing you p- put on? Well, you probably, as you're putting things together, you're developing things, right? Wow, now I've done this. Maybe I should do that. Um, so, like, when do I you... Think, go- <laughs> I think the vocals is the last thing I normally do, actually. Okay. I, I, put, I put a guide down. I know what the vocals are. Sometimes it's just me lowering, or it can be lyrics and stuff. But yeah, like a scratch, like a guide, uh, guide track yeah. or something. Yeah, it's not it's not a pretty sound to be honest. But, <laughs> okay. but, but everyone um, can rally around it as you're building the tune. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty handy. You know, I've, I've got the ability to sing like a lady if I need to. <laughs> right, and you're, and you're singing on this record, right? No, no. No, I do sing live now occasionally That's as well. What it just is. Be, That's just to beat up the vocals a little bit, just because we need to. You know, we're actually using trumpets live now, uh, trombone and trumpet for the UK tour, which is a new. That's a new avenue for us. Which is yeah, about cool. brass live. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first saw you guys. I thought somebody had some pedal for their guitar that made those sounds. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah. where the fuck are those sounds coming from? It was at this place in, uh... oh man, there's a, there's, there's, it, it was Perth, but not Perth. It's a little town there more by the water. Okay. And you guys yeah. played your own show and uh, your road boss pointed to the, this box and he said, that's where it's coming from. Cause I thought it was a, a pedal. So the, you, you bring in horns, yeah. Okay. Why, did you come and, why did you come and see us there then? Were you just wandering I, I, around? I can't remember the uh, the name of this part of Perth. It's got its own mm. name, you know. Angel something, right? Kills Dale, maybe with a K. Anyway, not yeah. important. But I saw it and uh, up close, and I'm hearing these sounds, and I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize what the go team was at, was at first, you know. And I heard all these sounds, and I know from Nels Klein, you can make guitars do all kinds of things. So I thought actually guitars were making those horn sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are bringing horns. Uh, yeah, I mean, we still use samples as well, obviously. You know, there was a big thing here uh, in the 90s with ska and all right. those guys. Yeah, in the United States. I don't know, but actually, it probably started in England. Right in the '60s or something, but yeah. got to here in the '90s, and all those kids in the school band, they could be, you know, because rock and roll was kind of a guitar bass thing, and now they could, you know, trombones, trumpets, yeah. saxophone, 
They can be in the yeah, in the rock and roll bands now, but didn't yeah. last long. Yeah, maybe okay. five or six years. Even yeah, because we had the whole, we had the whole two tone thing in the eighties, didn't we? That's Just right. That's right. That's right. That's probably where we got it from. Two tone. Right. Yeah. Two tone. Yeah. It's kind of a, and it's it's Jamaica, right? Uh, reggae, some kind of influence. Yeah, I think so. Strangely, it started in the Midlands in England. Yeah, you know, two tone and the specials and all that sort of stuff. There must oh. be some immigration reason for that somewhere down the line. Yeah. Well, that that that's a neat thing, but it, that that allowed the brass guys to be in the bands, and. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying about the Phil Collins thing. It seems like, or like talk show bands. Yeah. It's too regular. Yeah, there's no edge on it and stuff. Mm. Well, are these young guys playing the, the horns? Got two two ladies, yeah. La oh, ladies. People, I should say. And yeah. uh, so you think they got enough uh, specialness. It's not so side, side woman, <laughs> side mouse. Well, you know, I, th I think... Often it, they're kind of presented in a row, aren't they? Up the back, yeah. in a row, you know, with their with the charts, you know, stay in your in your place, kind of thing. I think lots of it's you know how you lay out the stage, you know, if you get everyone in, involved. But there's going to be like eight of us now on stage, you know, and we and we all move around as well. So there's going to be some uh, thrashing accidents going down. I think. I got to tell you, you know, with the Stooges, Brother Steve on the, the sax, I, I'm way into a horn on stage or horns. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. I know Ig was too. You know, it's, yeah. think about it, the human voice, right? It's probably closer to the horn than bass or guitar. So there's yeah. something about that. Ig, I know it, it, it could feel companionship. I want to play uh, All the Way Live. Is there any story behind that? All the way live. That's the one I was talking about, where we. Um, uh, it's a sample of a, a high school kind of um, after-school project record. We, right. we managed to okay, okay, okay. Track down the teacher. Um, he was still alive, <laughs> Mr. Well, Harris. Mr. Harris. Okay, here's yeah. his uh, Go Team debut.
approached a local um, Detroit high school and just asked their music uh, teacher if they could come down with some kids on the Friday night and 
and they she turned up with three kind of giggling um 12 year old girls <laughs> who were you know never been in a studio before it was all like really wow you know <laughs> and that, one of the ones is, is is the girl you hear on that chain link fits uh, yeah 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 we heard that before that uh, jesus four by four from der birds of paradise Saudata, mute point with call of the night ahead of that orthodox with uh solemn triduo triduo yeah strange uh, and then uh, started off with the Go Team doing All the Way Live. So, I mean, it was just a random school. You mean the one, the Chain Link Fence yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I love the idea. This, this is my big thing, is is um, capturing people that have never been on record before. Sure, or sure. Who don't, think, who don't think of themselves as singers. The minute somebody calls themselves a singer, I'm less interested. I like the idea, and, and and there's lots of old soul records like that where you you find out, or you don't find out anything about them because they were like literally a producer dragging people in and making them do these cool little songs. So they were just often, you know, teenagers or whatever who were did one song and then disappeared, then got back on with their life again. You know, so I like that idea of. Um, that kind of voice which isn't professional enough to call, be called uh, where they'd call themselves a singer. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, kind yeah. of that, that perfect place between amazingness where they might not even realise that they're amazing and um, the minute you start, you know, over-emoting <laughs> and going through the motions and singing how you think singers should sing, you know, the... the uh, the Mariah Carey Brigade or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm interested in that little, like that idea of where you, and it's really rare to hear anyone sing in this way. You know, I think Chainlink Fence was, for me, captured that perfect place because it was almost like R and B, but it wasn't at all. It didn't have any of the, the sort of trappings, of of singing in that way. You know, it's, it's it felt much more genuine and pure in a in a, in a good way for me. You know. Yeah, you know, a lot of those people, they, they learn to sing in the church. Right, and, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot uh, less self-conscious, right? You just get carried up, everybody's singing with you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of those, uh, rock and roll too, and R&B and all that has a lot of uh, people that got started was with church singing. Yeah. And it's, I, I think yeah. it's different than, yeah, being put on... A little pedestal, and uh, I yeah. don't know. You just get caught up in the feelings more important than just uh, getting all the particulars. You know, that's right. uh, that, that overwrought that's stuff. You know, gild, gilding the lily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Terrible. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, uh, January nineteenth, two thousand eighteen edition. Lot from Pedro show. Hold tight for hour three. There's going to be a backlash, surely. I mean, it's going to date it really specifically to this era, probably. It's going to sound quite It's going to sound like snare drum in the early 80s. When right. you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> that snare drum. It's even on one of these Minutemen records. I remember Ethan we'll James getting it. one. Yeah, and he had to use it. It was the SBX 90 or something. This thing. Uh, oh, January 19th, 2018. It's the third hour of the Law from Pedro Show. 
special by the girl I love you You make your own diamond rings It's just so precious, precious, precious And everybody thinks, thanks you Buy a girl Buy a girl Buy a girl
the other thing is like, yeah, belonging to some kind of era of sound, and, and you're looking at songs as more being uh, immune from that. Yeah, how you do it, I don't know, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, people often call us a retro group and stuff, you know. Um, retro mean old fashioned. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously some truth in that, but um, because I, I lots of the things I sample are, are, you know, I'm attracted to lo-fi and distortion and things like that, which are often associated with, you know, old sort of northern solely kind of style production or whatever. But for me, it's more about excitement. I like the idea. I think so- distortion and things almost buckling under, under the weight of something is is uh, has an a kind of a psychological effect that it's almost creates excitement more than uh, a nostalgic feeling for me. You know, I think when you, when the song is kind of almost buckling under its own weight and breaking up, I think that's a, almost like a cue to the brain that it's, it's an exciting sound. You know what I mean? There's something wrong here, that kind of idea. <laughs> sure, sure. Karina. Uh, yeah. I, I should say, say what we played. We, uh, we heard, um, Start off the third hour with plans are like a dream you organize. That sounded like it came out of the old book, did it? Uh, that was actually a rare case of <laughs> something scanning in the melody. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you probably get this as well, where you'll be singing a melody and, and just a phrase will, almost from your subconscious, will just fit with it and it's almost like you don't have any choice in it it's just that's what it is you know you can't un you can't unknow it so that was one of those rare things where it just sort of scanned in my head and that that was it you know <laughs> mm. this one uh the one after is from Minutemen. it's called dreams of free motherfucker i got that title from uh henry henry rollins okay yeah uh, yeah he, he gave it to me <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh Mal Deviso with Fire after that Unit F with Magnet Head on Dolphin. Yeah, I've always wondered about this band. They're called On Dolphin. And uh, I found the CD. It was in the a gig in Pacifica. Uh, going out there, they put the CD, uh, you know, just the, the disc between my windshield and windshield wiper. So I think yeah. they're from that area. <laughs> Exterminators bionic girl and finally mayday the go team and this mayday is the warning right uh or or uh i'm in distress yeah because is that the the, the key in beep 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 is that the actual morse code for mayday <laughs> a few people have asked me this no it was, it was just rhythmically fitted it but well it's, sos it's, is so i think that's dot 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 dash dash yeah i mean you do your dad would probably know all that stuff, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, hmm, Morse code, I don't know. Before <laughs> his time. Before his he time. was in the engine room. He was watching pressure and lines and stuff like that. Uh, right. But it, this but, is a distress call, right? This this mayday. Yeah, it was, it was kind of... Not uh, again, the holiday. Like, like uh, I like those sort of soul songs, which are kind of really sort of dramatic, melodramatic, you know, rescue yeah, sure. me. And uh, stop in the name of love or whatever you know. Right, they really. I was, I was the start thinking of that too, man. <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence. Um. So yeah, I like that. 
idea and and it fitted it, it, everything kind of slotted together the idea of, of of May Day and the idea of this girl having some sort of unknown love problems you know and kind of putting a shout out to somebody to come and help <laughs> you know it was kind of I I almost thought mm-hmm. God somebody must have done this idea before you know with with having Morse code and applying it to sort of girl uh, boy problems you know the sort of Shangri-Las kind of idea of uh, you know yeah so yeah it was one of those rare songs where it kind of just slotted together really nicely all, all the kind of metaphors and uh, the melodies and everything kind of became one thing you know yeah what about getting back up um the last one yeah that that was um kind of i mean because in a weird weird way maybe it should have been the first song <laughs> yeah i mean instead of mayday but i, th- I think okay. it's becoming a bit of an, anti- an an indie cliche this whole um but a valid one this whole trumpy isn't the world shit now <laughs> this is our anti-trump album that kind of thing i think you're going to hear that from pretty much every band that's making a record from now on you know but there was something for me subconsciously in getting back up about um this idea of fuck them let's get on with it let's make our own uh reality sure. let's organize let's it's it's almost like that balance between, you know, b- being engaged with what's happening and switching off and saying fuck them, let's get on with our own thing. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's almost, it seems like modern life is is about that balance now between. You're talking reading, like the parallel universe. Well, it's it's about reading the news and going, okay, that's shit, whatever. I know about all that stuff. You know, you can't just completely switch off and um, disengage with the world if it's a bit rubbish you know but at the same time you have to kind of compartmentalize your brain in a way these days you know and, and say okay okay it's shit but let's fucking let's have it you know what i mean let's uh let's get on with it let's make our own version of stuff you know so for me subconsciously that song is a bit like that it's kind of quite motivational in a in a kind of a community-ish choiry kind of a way you know that's what i was imagining anyway Okay, let's listen.
by his sister came I forgot his sister's name But I do remember when they died Very young, so sweet and wild What a beautiful child Through the storm in the battle hall She became Paris wife when they died Single-body love to meet her She was always charming Ready with a helping hand To feel the troops Feel the troops With the daily house With the daily house too Sarah and Smith is very lucky We are lucky where she comes I'm talking about Everybody in campaign knew who was Juanita. She was talking with the soldiers, sleeping on the battlefields beside her horse. In the time of 57th, they were praying for Juanita. Even the Duke of Wellington called her.
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Uh, getting back up by the Go Team, starting it off. Then Kurt Stifle and the Swing Shift with You Only Look So Real. Steve Reed's on bass there. Incredible cat. Uh, modern Problem with Mailman. Ted Capo. Uh, you know about this Love Monk label in uh, Spain? There's a bunch of stuff from there. No, Love Monk. Yeah. No. Kind of 60s uh, vibe. Garage Rock. Dead Capo with Well You Need and Gecko Turner with Juanita. Inferno with Out Our Foul. And this version from Pajaro Sunrise. And finally, Cocodrillos Asesachando from Pyramid Blue. Finally, the answer is no from the Go Team. Uh, plans. You got a tour coming, uh, US. First, you're going to do over there, right? That's right, yeah. So, February, doing a fistful of dates in the UK, a bit, bit of Germany action, and then, so, end of March, early April, we're stateside, your side. So, we're starting in LA, I believe. Wow. And heading up the coast to all the usual Seattle. Sure. Portland, San Francisco, San Diego, then we do Minneapolis, Detroit, Chicago, Toronto. Yeah, all of that. Uh, Toronto, Boston, New York. Yeah. No South. How do you mean? Deep South? Well, the Deep South or any South. (laughs) No, not really. Most South is Los Angeles, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. No, it was. We've got jobs now. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to get time. <laughs> well, I yeah. haven't got a job. I'm, I'm a man of leisure, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you, you wouldn't consider putting a record like this together a job, huh? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Before you were saying you're the only one with the patience. Believe me, it's, it's, it's work. <laughs> you do an incredible job. Thanks so much, Ian. Uh, yeah. January 19, 2000. 18 edition Waffle Pedro Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry.